Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. This is episode number 84, Telling the World Your Name with Jen Scalia. What is going on, everybody? Jason Wright here, your host as always. Hope you've had a great week. Hope you're looking forward to another great week. I say that all the time, but you have to you have to have that expectation. So uh, I'm just r- jumping off on a tangent right away. Here we go. <laughs> but you have to talk your reality into existence. So if you talk about having a good day every single day and a great week and a great month, so on and so forth, the chances of that happening are much higher than if you assume the worst and you know kind of hope for the best. So you have to assume the best and hope for the best. And it's going to affect your perspective and the way that you approach things quite a bit. So I don't say that to be cheesy. I say that because I I try to do that myself every day and every week. And I hope it rubs off on you. So the random story for this week is about taking chances. Uh, It's about taking chances. You can't stay in the safe zone forever if you want anything different to happen to you. So check this out. So at the beginning of the year, my kids and I planted a garden. The garden's pretty, you know, it's, it's, there's not a lot of variety. It's pretty basic, but we've got these small little yellow pear-shaped tomatoes for salads and that type of thing. Those are easy to grow. You plant a little four-inch plant, and this time of year, we're taking bowlfuls and bowlfuls off a week. So that's pretty easy. And then for some reason, I thought it'd be a great idea to plant six different varieties of peppers, some hot, some not. Well, peppers need a lot of sun, and my garden doesn't get a lot of sun, so it's been slow. But anyway, we're to that point in the year where we've got enough variety that we can at least try a little bit of everything we've grown. There's a few plants that are still working on their first pepper, but we won't talk about those. So, you know, if you if you look at your, your comfort zone with a pepper, for me it was always kind of like, hey, that jalapeno, fresh jalapeno is kind of my limit. Like, I don't want anything spicier than that. I enjoy a little heat to my food, but beyond that, it kind of scares me, you know. So you have to you have to take chances. So I said, you know what? My son was kind of interested in trying stuff a little bit hotter, a little bit hotter. Uh, tried a fresh jalapeno. Liked it as long as you stay away from the seeds and that membrane. It's not too bad. So anyway, I went to the store a week ago, and I bought a fresh habanero. And I'm not like a pepper head. I don't like like extreme heat or anything like that. But I said, I'm just going to try this. So I cut into it. Nobody else would join me. And I ate a piece of the outside of the pepper, you know, just like a little square. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Totally different flavor than anything else. But, you know, so far, so good. So then I take like a big chunk of kind of that membrane and seeds. It was about five seeds. And I popped it in and chewed it up and swallowed it. And right away, I knew it was probably the worst decision I'd made that day. It was pretty god darn hot. It was uh, intense and searing, and it kind of felt like my lips and my cheek and my tongue were on fire, literally. And I was drinking whole milk like water, just chugging it, and it it, it kind of stayed with me for a while. But here's my point. 
So that's that's my limit. Like the ghost pepper, no interest. The Carolina Reaper, no interest. I, I don't want to go hotter than the habanero. There's there's nothing there for me. But what it's done by taking that chance and kind of stepping out of the comfort zone, what it's done is I have a new limit. So the jalapeno is near the top, but not the top for me. So then today we had a, a different pepper in our garden, and I can't even tell you what it is, but it's a spicy pepper, and I can't remember where it ranks. So I took it in the house and cut it open, and yep, it's ripe. And I just popped the whole thing in my mouth, and it had that habanero style of heat, but not as intense. So for the average person, it was pretty hot. I mean, it got my attention, but I think based on the experience I had with the habanero, it's maybe allowed me to tolerate more, if that makes sense. And the point of this whole pepper story, I mean, it really happened, but the whole point is you have to step outside your comfort zone. You got to push your limits because, you know what? I don't mind the habanero. Like it might be, it might be good in a chili, you know, if not used crazily, but it had a, a good flavor. It's just intense if you get in the middle. So my point is think about your business. Think about the area. Maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's podcasting. Maybe it's getting in front of that video camera. Think about the air, an area that you kind of shy away from. And you never know your best part of yourself may lie in that area. You might be able to stretch your limits and maybe be able to find something new that you enjoy and it may be helpful for you. So that's kind of my random story for you, but I thought you guys might get a kick out of that. All right, on to the good part of the show. So this week, I talked to Jen and uh, dive into her business and see what she's all about. Great guest, great guest this week. So let's check it out now. What's happening, everybody? I've got another amazing guest with me this week. I've got Jen Scullia with me. Let me tell you what I know about Jen. Jen is a visibility strategist and coach. She's an entrepreneur. She's been featured in awesome places like Inc., Forbes, The Huffington Post, Business Insider, Growth Lab, and many more. Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to be here with you today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, tell us a bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, <laughs> I've read about it and I really, really like the way you write and I like the story, but I'd love to hear it from you. Wow, where should I start? <laughs> um, I really usually when I tell this story, um, I usually start about four years back, although in retrospect, I see that I've kind of been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, but this particular journey started about four years ago. I was actually working um, for one of the largest casinos in Atlantic City. I was doing all their social media and marketing. I actually loved my job. So a lot of entrepreneurs I run in today want to run away from their nine to fives or they don't like it or they feel trapped. I actually liked my job. And what happened was that casinos do these major massive layoffs where they'll lay off 30 people, 50 people, 100 people. And I was one of those people who got laid off um, in early 2013. And it was at that point that I kind of just got sick of the whole like finding a job, not knowing if I was going to have a paycheck, depending on other people. And I decided to kind of branch out on my own and start my own business. So that's how it actually started for me. And from there, it's been a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> this is the best way that I can describe it. It's been amazing, but there definitely has been ups and downs. So when I first got laid off, I thought I knew everything. Um, you know, I was doing the social media and marketing for a large casino. I was like, Oh, I can totally do this, you know, for other people, for small businesses. And what I found out quickly was that, you know, the online world, which is where I was trying to break into, was completely different than, you know, the offline world and brick and mortar businesses. So I had to do a lot of catching up. Mm hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, isn't it funny, like, when you get started with something like that, you feel like you know everything, and then you look back a year later and you realize how little you actually knew. I mean, the perspective is it really gives you a, a lot to, to think about, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so, you know, the first year or so was definitely a struggle. Um, and I think mainly the reason was it was a struggle wasn't because I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't have the skills, but because I thought I could do it all on my own. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into that trap where we feel like, oh, I'm a solopreneur and I'm just going to go out there and do it on my own. And we don't ask for help. Uh, we don't seek advice from people who have been there. And then we end up feeling stuck and trapped. And so really for me, what changed for me was when I decided to hire a coach myself. Uh, to help me overcome some of those hurdles and really get clear on what I was doing. And that really changed the traje trajectory of my entire business was really seeking out that help and knowing that I couldn't just do it by myself. Absolutely. I, I've fallen into that. I uh, try to be the jack of all trades thing before us myself. And like you said, it doesn't get you. It gets you nowhere in a hurry. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, kind of going into my, my next point, uh, I'd love to hear from you how mindset plays into entrepreneurship. I mean, it's funny, you can get 10 people in the same situation and, you know, get 10 different perspectives. So uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Absolutely. I'm actually really glad that you asked this question, because if you would have asked me this question maybe three years ago or three and a half years ago, I probably would have had a very completely different answer. Um, you know, even back then, I wasn't aware of how powerful and impactful having um, a good mindset was. You know, I had read a couple books. I read The Secret. I read Tony Robbins, but I really didn't get it back then. And, um, just throughout this journey, one of the things that I really had to focus on, and actually my first coach was the one who, uh, really let me know that, you know, it's the strategies are great and the tactics work sometimes, but without the mindset, um, just like you said, you're going nowhere fast. So, I mean, in my teachings, the way I work with my clients, the way I work in my own business and life, it's all about mindset. I really feel like having the right beliefs, the right thoughts, knowing what you're worth, knowing what your value is, um, is plays such a big part in your success. And I feel that, you know, lots of people will come to me and say, I've done everything, you know, I'm, I've watched all the webinars and I've read all the books and I'm doing everything the gurus say, but nothing is happening, right? Or it's not happening the way that I I want it to. And I attribute that to the fact that, you know, their mindset is off or they don't have a, a daily mindset practice at all. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting we're talking about this because I've kind of had a, a revelation of my own here recently. And I don't think I've shared this with my audience or, or anybody really. But, you know, a while back when I got really serious into entrepreneurship, you know, I adopted the I can attitude, which is important. You got to have the I can or you're not going to go anywhere. And then over time, it's kind of transitioned to the I will attitude. And then here recently, just being fed up with some things, it's now to the I am attitude. I mean, I am actively doing the things that I can and that I know I can do. And it's super powerful because things are happening faster than I've ever seen before. And I think that's important for me to bring up for people to hear somebody listening out there may be in one of those, you know, first or that second spot. But that I am attitude, like I am actually doing what I know I can do is, is super powerful. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because that is also one of my, my affirmations, you know, part of my daily process, my daily mindset is, is those I am statements. And they're so powerful to like actually step into the identity of the person that you strive to be, you know, rather than saying, I want to be that person or I'm going to be, you step into who that person is right now. And that's how things happen really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. How do, how do most startups try to be visible? So what I mean is, 
what are the decisions that you see, you know, all new companies make that are trying to do something online? And obviously that gets everybody kind of the same place where it's really noisy. So what do you think mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's definitely the standard things that we all feel like we quote unquote have to do, you know, we have to create an opt in or, you know, a, a freebie that we can give away in exchange for someone's email address. And, you know, everyone's doing that. And I really feel like that is one of the deciding factors, at least for me, you know, when I see a company for the first time, or I see a brand or a person, and I really want to get to know that that company. Um, that's usually where I go, you know, and for me, it's the deciding factor, because I feel like that is the that's the first impression. And if that first impression is not good, or it's crappy, or it's just fluff, I don't want to do business with that person or that business anymore. So you know, I think a lot of people know that they have to do that. And so they do it on some level, but most people don't do it at the level that they need to. And most people aren't producing content. That's really, really great right off the bat. You know, they, they maybe have some kind of fear around giving away their best stuff, but I tell all of my clients and my audience, you've got to give away your best stuff. That's how you're going to make that great first impression. And that's, what's going to make people want to continue to do business with you, to stay on your mailing list and to want to buy things from you. So when you're talking about creating content, obviously there's podcasts, there's blogs, there's different things you can do. Do you think companies are doing themselves a, a big disadvantage if they choose not to do either of those things? You know, some people are like, oh, I'm not a writer. I'm not going to blog and I don't want to podcast. Do you think they're hurting themselves? No, I actually don't. And, and it's a concept that I talk about a lot, um, which I call the feel good philosophy. And I really feel like you need to do number one, what feels good for you. And number two, what plays to your strengths. So if you're horrible on video and everybody's like, you have to do live streaming and you have to do video, <laughs> but you get on video and you suck and you know, you fumble your words and you don't sound like the expert, then it's really hurting you. You know, if you're a better communicator when you write or when you speak, you want to do a podcast or you want to be on stages, that's where you need to be. So whatever that pocket is that feels really good for you and that plays to your strengths, that's what's going to attract the right people. If you're just doing things just to do them because everyone says you have to, um, I really feel like that's where you fail. No, I agree. I think that's really well said. And I'm just kind of thinking there might be somebody listening. What if somebody's not good at any of those things? What if somebody, <laughs> <laughs> what do they do then? Well, you know, I think that everyone is good at something, right? Um, but I would say start small. So for me, um, when I first came online, you know, it was the whole, you know, everyone has to do video thing. I mean, it's still that same way four years later. Um, but at the time, I was really uncomfortable with video. And, you know, I, I had a lot of insecurities around video. And I was like, well, I can't do video because I just, I'm, I suck at it. <laughs> like, I'm horrible at it. So what I decided to do was actually start a podcast just like, just like you have, um, because I felt like, okay, this is going to be a great way for me to still get content out there, connect with people. I could interview people so they can kind of help me out a little bit. And what that did for me was it allowed me to really, um, understand my craft and also understand the topic that I was talking about so well that when the next step came, which was to do a video, I was very, very confident in what I was saying in the video. I was very confident in, you know, my niche that it made that next step a lot easier for me. So I say start small, start with something that feels good for you to start with, and then you can progress from there. 
Absolutely. No, I love what you said about that. You know, uh, I had John Lee Dumas on the show a few episodes back, and he said something that stuck with me. He said, he, you know, when he first got started, he really didn't have anything to offer anybody, but he knew if he got great guests, you know, like yourself, that that would bring the content level, you know, up really, really high. So I've kind of uh, kept that in mind. And, uh, you know, somebody listening, that's a, that's a great thing to think about. I mean, whether it's a podcast or a blog, if you get other people involved as far as guests or whatever the case may be, that can really help take your content with your brand on it up to another level. So, Oh, absolutely. I, I am an advocate of leveraging other people and leveraging other people's audiences, you know, as long as it's a win-win for everyone. But yeah, it's a really great way, especially if you're just starting and you feel like I have no audience, nobody's following me. Connect with people who do have an audience, who do have a following, offer something amazing for them that they can't say no to. And that's how you start to really build from scratch. Absolutely. I was reading your, uh, your story a little bit on your your site and your website's amazing by the way i love it <laughs> thank you and you said you said something in there that made me uh r- reminded me of something but when you first get started isn't that a weird feeling when you're you're blogging or podcasting you're doing whatever and nobody's listening or nobody's reading <laughs> <laughs> it's really lonely but if you you know if you keep pushing through it eventually people do so good stuff yeah. And the reality is people are watching. We just don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people send me an email or text and they're like, I've been following you for three years, you know, and, and you, you just don't even know. You never know who's watching. So always, always perform at your best. Always put the best stuff out there. Well, you're absolutely right. And what's funny is some people who will follow you aren't necessarily you know, in your lane, but they're just curious. You know, it's that neighbor, that family member. There's always people watching and listening. So that, that's great. Um, give us three tips for effective marketing online that the audience can implement right now. And let me tell you a bit about the audience. So the audience is going to be, you know, startup entrepreneurs, maybe in that zero to two year phase. Perfect. Those are exactly the people that I work with. So um, this is going to be really helpful. So I already mentioned um, the first one, which is the feel good philosophy. Really do what feels good. That's when the money is going to follow. That's when people will be attracted to you. Don't do things just because you feel like you have to. I found in my business, anytime I did something because I thought I had to, um, it was never successful. It always bombed on me because I didn't feel good about it. And this goes back to the mindset as well. Um, and your beliefs around things and your feelings around things. So really figure out what your strengths are, figure out what your brilliance is, like what's your unique thing. Um, and I tell my clients too, what is the thing that you can do literally so easily with your eyes closed, your hands tied behind your back. That's the thing that you should be doing. So if you're starting and a lot of people, I feel, also think that it's too easy. You know, it's so easy. How can I get paid for this? But that's exactly the thing that you should be getting paid for. So my first tip is do what feels good. Do what is in alignment and um, plays to your strengths. Um, the second one is be yourself. <laughs> uh, this is a, a hard lesson that I feel like a lot of us have to learn and it seems a little cliche, but the right people are going to be attracted to you. So when you're, you know, doing videos, doing blog posts, even Facebook posts or anything on social media, I think our automatic thing is to filter ourselves, you know, like what are people going to think? Um, are people going to care? What's my family going to think? Are they going to think I'm stupid? You know, so we have all these like fears and ego stuff that comes up when we go to put stuff out there and put our stuff out there. But more and more people want to relate to you. People don't want to buy from companies. You know, they're not buying your products. Essentially, they're buying you. So you need to be authentic. You need to be real. And you just need to be yourself. So I found that out, um, again, the hard way. So um, definitely something that I feel you need to step into is like owning who you are 
and putting that out on display. And it is going to be comfortable, uncomfortable in the beginning. But the more you do it and the more you see that the right people are attracted to you, uh, the easier and better it's going to get. And then the third thing I would say is really um, content and action. So those are my two things. I always tell my clients, act now, think later. Um, because a lot of times we get into our own heads and we feel like, oh, I, I don't know if this is good enough. I don't know if this is right. And then somebody else comes up with the same idea. So if you have an idea, act on it immediately. Um, if you're going to create content, make sure that it's really, really good. Um, and you know, I, what I teach is, uh, the, would you pay for it test? So if you're creating content and you're not sure if it's good enough, or, you know, you're just putting something together, ask yourself, would I pay for this? And I'm not saying thousands of dollars, but you know, if it wasn't an ebook, would you pay, you know, a few dollars for that ebook? Would you pay $47 for it? Would you pay $27 for it? If it's something that you look at and you feel like I wouldn't pay for that, don't put it out. <laughs> Make sure that whatever you're putting out content wise is something that is a massive, massive value. Absolutely. Man, that's good stuff. Very good stuff. Well, I knew as soon as I just I just defined my audience and you got excited, I, I, I knew that that was going to be good. So uh, it's great when you're, you know, your audience is the same as mine. It really makes it nice. One thing that you said that, that made me kind of giggle off the mic here was when I first started doing videos like YouTube videos, I did it because I felt like I had to, just like what you said. When I look back at some of those now, man, I look so... Like, I look okay, but I look so uncomfortable. It's, like, so rigid and forced. <laughs> and I do a lot with Facebook Live for another aspect of um, the bigger business, that this brand per se. But when I'm on Facebook Live, I have a great time with it, and I sell a lot of products with what I do because I'm so comfortable. The person you see there is the same person that is talking to you now, same person you see anywhere else. And that's, like you said, that's where the zone is, where you're naturally comfortable um, you can just thrive. You know, people are attracted to authenticity. They identify with you. That's why re reality TV is so popular. You know, yeah. a lot of it's garbage, but <laughs> people see something that reminds them of their own life. They're like, oh man, maybe I'm not so weird. Maybe I'm not alone. So awesome. So I've kind of grouped all people into to three groups. I've, I've got uplifters, I've got bystanders, and I've got boat anchors. You know, and I think that the boat anchors are probably the biggest group, uh, followed by the bystanders that sit back and watch. And then you've got your small group of uplifters. So with that being out there, tell me the importance of surrounding yourself with those uplifters, especially as it pertains to launching a new startup. Awesome. Awesome. I love your analogies there. Um, and I had a complete visual for each and every one of those. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. It's like those people who are tire kickers or they say they want something, but they really don't, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, really surrounding yourself with people who are on the same path as you or higher further along. Um, is key. I remember when I first started, like I mentioned before, I was trying to do everything on my own, you know, and, and I thought I could just be by myself. I'm an introvert myself. So, you know, I didn't want to really be around people. I didn't want people knowing my business. <laughs> so I kind of just was literally like on my couch with my laptop and that was it. And, um, I didn't get much success that way. And, you know, after I had hired my first coach, I was actually put into this small mastermind group and it really, you know, it wasn't anything paid, but it was, um, a group of people who were all uh, also working with my coach and she kind of put, put us in this group. And I just like really credit that group and being around those people to a lot of my success, because in the beginning I just had so much fear, so much doubt, 
so much ego stuff that was coming up. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think that my stuff was great. Um, and being around these people, they really uplifted me. They really supported me in ways that I had never been supported before, even with, you know, friends and family and people that had been in my life for 30 years. Um, and I was really able to, to skyrocket and I was really able to get confidence by being around people who believed in me. And I think it's really, really important to surround yourself with those people and also surround yourself with people, like I mentioned, that are higher than you or have already been where you want to be. So you can see that clear path. I know also for me, when I, when I started putting myself around people that were making six figures, multiple seven, six figures, seven figures. That's when I knew it was possible for me because previously I didn't really know I had my own invisible, like income cap. I thought, you know, making $40,000 a year was good. You know, that was average. I thought making $60,000 a year was like, great. You know, that was just how I was brought up. But when I surrounded myself with people who were making like a hundred thousand dollars in a couple months or a hundred thousand dollars in one month, I just like would look at them and say, wow, like that's totally possible for me. So I, you know, think that just surrounding yourself with people who are doing the same as you or better is key to your success. Absolutely. And one thing I'll emphasize is I, I've said this before and people said, well, you know, it's my, it's my close friends and family that are the boat anchors. I can't cut them out of my life. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting you cut them out of your life, but choose your conversation topics carefully. You know, don't ask the brother or whatever that's never had a business business advice it's, it's just not a good practice don't ask the person who's been divorced six <laughs> times on relationship advice you're not going to like the outcome i mean it's, <laughs> there's some common sense involved there so yeah no you hit the nail on the head i mean that's you know i've people say the same thing to me it's my family it's my husband it's my friends you know and i just say you know, cause I was the same way, you know, my parents were like, what the heck are you doing? You know, they didn't believe in what I was doing. They didn't understand it. And, um, I did exactly what you said. I just chose not to talk to them about that thing. I chose to not bring them into those conversations or talk to them about my business. So when I talked to them, it was just regular daily stuff. How are you? What's going on? Oh, nothing, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I just chose not to bring them into that world because I knew that they were going to be the ones that were naysayers that thought I was crazy, that would, you know, be negative about it. So I just chose not to allow them into that space. Well, this is what's funny. Even to this day, I still have people once in a while that'll come out of nowhere and they'll be like, you need to stop podcasting. I don't get anything out of it. <laughs> and I'll say, you know what? It's not intended for you because you don't you do not do anything in the area that I, that I talk to. So I'm going to keep doing it anyway. How do you like that answer? And it, you almost get to a point where, you know, the more you do, the more that you probably hear. And uh, for me, it just makes me smile and push harder. Like, I hear you, but I, I refuse to stop. I'm not stopping. So... Yeah. Listen to that, people. That's that's good stuff there. Well, Jen, consider the source, right? Consider the source. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Jen, what's next for you? What do you got planned from now to the end of this year? Um, really, uh, what I have planned for now, from now until the end of the year, is a continuation of what I started in the beginning of the year, which was really streamlining and automating a lot of my stuff, um, so that I can have more time and more freedom. You know, I, I feel like the first couple of years of my business were a lot of hustle. 
um, you know, just working my buns off, doing, you know, lots of calls, lots of, you know, things. And now I want to be able to enjoy that freedom and enjoy the things that I'm actually getting from my business. So I'm looking to really just automate stuff. So I also, for me, that helps me reach more people, you know, by having programs that anybody can buy anytime instead of, you know, kind of doing this crazy like launch thing, or I have something new coming up and I have to go crazy on that thing. So I'm excited about that because it's going to free up a lot of time for my friends, my family. Um, and yeah, I just really feel like, you know, kind of stepping into that next level of entrepreneurship for me. You've earned it. It's time to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, automation is a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. Well, I am positive. Positive. Some people listening would love to speak to you more and maybe on a more personal level. What is the best way for them to contact you? Oh, probably the best way. I would normally probably say my website, but I'm going to say my Facebook group. Um, it's jenscalia.com forward slash tribe, T-R-I-B-E. Um, I'm in there all the time. I do live streams in there. I connect with my people in there. So that's the probably the best way to be able to connect with me um, and just also get a lot of really great uh, content and value and feedback right in there. If anybody's curious, uh, we will post her website in the show notes as well. You got to look at it. It is beautiful. Very, very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Jen, I appreciate you coming on the show. It has been both an honor and a privilege, and I look forward to speaking to you again next time. Thank you so much. We are back to the main show. Jen, if you're listening, thank you again for your time. We stuck with it and finally got that thing booked and recorded. So I appreciate that. If you guys want to check out the show notes from this episode, as always, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 84. You will get our conversation highlights, Jen's bio, her picture, all kinds of good stuff there. And um, yeah, check that out for sure. And if you guys are interested, uh, I talked about at the beginning of the show, that podcast course, I have a little button for that on the website as well. It's been really popular. A lot of people opting into that. Uh, it is all completely free, just trying to spread a little bit of experience and knowledge out there so somebody else can benefit. And, you know, if you get started, I promise you, you can get this thing done. I mean, the, the hardest part about podcasting is getting started like anything else. I've shared this story before, but I once talked to a guy that planned a podcast for about nine months and never pulled the trigger. After we talked, he said he was going to wait another six to nine months. So I'm telling you, he's never going to do it. It's not that hard. It's not that scary. It's not that deep. So, uh, if you're interested in podcasting, check it out. Great resource for you there. That is all I have for you this week. If you guys don't normally approach your week assuming it's going to be great, like genuinely, try that this week. Give that a shot and see what happens for you. All right, you guys take care. Until next time, and thank you for your ear as always. See ya. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.